0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Terminus, the only metal podcast that matters. I am the death metal guy flying solo today. The black metal guy said that today was for him and Roman Sanko. Uh, I'm not sure what that means, but I last saw him disappearing into a closet with a copy of The Swan Road on vinyl and a industrial-sized <laughs> bottle of lube. So I can only imagine the implication inherent to it. Uh, Back on episode 37 of Terminus, we covered the sophomore record by a band from Victoria, British Columbia called Altered Dead. Uh, Altered Dead is a two-piece death metal duo uh, that does a strain of old-school death metal, uh, kind of informed by newer writing styles, with a, a really fascinating understanding of the real sound and timbre of this music, as well as its composition. And I'm fortunate enough to be joined today by the two members of the band, uh, Julian and Mick. And uh, how are you guys doing today? Yeah, pretty good. Good enough. Thanks for having us. (sighs) All right, so, uh, so, Alter Dead, uh, Return to Life, uh, five years since the first record. What's the deal with the gap? Just busy with life, or uh, did it take that long to write? <laughs> uh i like to always
1: just say that we're on island time so we're not really in a in a rush to very much, right? <laughs> I got you. Um, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek but uh i i just think we just took our time and in between the records there was just a lot of stuff happening in our lives uh yeah what do you think julian
2: yeah i think about the same like there's lots of other stuff going on and um yeah, it's basically with this new release it's just everything that led up in the like the past five years, you know, and we had slower times and we kind of got more um enthused about it and you know, we we were writing more, so yeah, it's just kind of like what it shows for that time. It,
0: well, have you yeah. always been have you always been operating just as a duo between the two of you, or uh, have you ever had, like, a, a, a fuller lineup before? I mean, like, 90%
1: of the time, it's been just Julian and I. I mean, we had uh, Cody. He He's the guy that records us all the time. He's done a couple of live shows with us, and it sounds pretty dope. But he um, he's using a five-string in standard tuning, and it was... He made it work but it was just different but he definitely made it work and it sounded pretty good and then uh yeah we had Bryn, and he recorded a cassette with us and he just sort of moved on and had other things more important things like family and stuff to to rock so you know we just sort of kept it a simple best way right
0: definitely So, well, I mean, in terms of... I mean, you don't usually see the death metal duo too often. So, um, I'm guessing, you know, just with you two, that's, that's got to be a pretty tight writing process. So, uh, <clears throat> just from what I've seen, you guys have both been involved in, like, a bunch of other bands before, right? Yeah, like, we we both play, like,
2: like drums. We both play guitar, bass. Like, we both write guitar, so yeah it's it's one of those things we we kind of uh we kind of just throw whatever ideas in that we got whether it be for the other instrument or vice versa so
0: okay cool so you know so it's more of like a a collaborative composition thing it's not really restricted to these are my parts these are your parts that sort of thing
2: (laughs) not necessarily no
0: not necessarily
1: no not at all i mean like this record Julian wrote like a full song for for the album which you know I was really stoked about uh, but even when I'm doing a bit of the writing like like Julian will always just be like oh maybe try this or try tweaking that riff or something and so there's always parts that we both come up with separately but generally we we'll try to work together on it
2: Yeah, and, like, whether it works or not, like, it sometimes leads into something else as well, so it's all, like, it's all in the process.
0: I gotcha. So, uh, just in terms of, well, I mean, I guess you kind of answered this question already, so, I mean, what was it like kind of doing this duo thing, uh, after your time and, you know, bands with more traditional lineups, uh, is it is it easier to write when it's just the two of you, or is it uh, kind of more challenging just because there's fewer voices in the room?
2: Well,
1: um,
0: uh, I would say, like, I've personally, from my
1: experience, I've typically been in smaller membered bands. Like, I'm in a, like, a hardcore band right now, sort of punk and that's like the biggest band I've been in. It's got a two guitars, bass, I'm playing drums, and then we got a vocalist. That's like the biggest project I've ever had to be in. But typically I've been in like three pieces or four pieces at max. So to me, I just like a smaller band. It just works better.
2: Yeah, yeah, like I see that. But also like with, with just regular, I guess I could say, sized bands, there's... A lot of the time, more times than not, a primary songwriter or two, sometimes just one, I would say. But I think uh, just with two people, we we throw our ideas around and um, we kind of know what we're going for. And, you know, we try something and it doesn't work or, you know, it doesn't kind of fit what we're kind of feeling that it should. Then, you know, it's easy to ax, you know, so.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Fewer people to have hurt feelings about shit. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, yeah, thankfully
2: uh, i've never uh, been in that situation where somebody brings a riff in or something like that and people are like no nah, not today <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. so i mean
1: like uh there's no real place for like ego and music and bands right that's a pretty toxic thing i think so (laughs) there's no place for it i thought that was like the main place for it shit (laughs) (laughs) uh maybe we're just humble but like i i I personally wouldn't want to be in a band if there was just like an egomaniac in it It it's just like i don't know just thinking they're better than everyone that they're in of partnership like a friendship with you know like bands are supposed to be friendships and you're supposed to be creating art with people you respect so that's sort of my take on it i
0: mean it's just one jerk's opinion (laughs) (laughs) so like we were saying it's been it's five years since the uh the first record uh i i haven't heard the original one my first exposure to you guys was through return to life um how would you say things have changed? I mean that's a that's a half decade uh between records. So I mean how do you think Altered Dead has evolved or maybe how you guys personally have as songwriters because I'm sure you guys were doing other music with other bands between the records, right? Uh yeah, Oh yeah, weird. like
2: Oh, well, on honestly, and I was saying this to Mick, like I I think our first release our first full-length. It, it could be the same album as this as well, to an extent. Like, there are different kind of ideas, but I think they kind of really mesh really well. So, um, things have changed, like, um, ah, with regards to just playing together and being a cohesive kind of, like, unit of playing. But I think with regards to riffs, like, uh, they're quite similar, so.
1: Yeah, there's definitely, like, a. For for altered dead, there's definitely like like Julian saying like this sort of sound that we know that we want to put out. Like there's no like yeah, there's no getting around that. Like there's the punk element, there's the doom element, there's a bit of grind element, and like if we're not doing that, then it's not gonna sound like altered dead. And like there's other other projects to uh, to work on that we can branch off in different ways, which is perfectly awesome. Like, uh, Julian's in a pretty sludged out band called Resent, and, like, it's a pretty gnarly listen.
0: All right, so, well, that's interesting, because I'm always interested in talking to people who are... Because a lot of people who are musicians have different perspectives. Like, you've got guys who kind of put all their ideas into a single project and, uh, you know, they try to find a way to make it all gel together. And then there's other guys uh, like you, Mick, it seems to me, who... They've got these very distinct, concrete ideas of what one band or another is supposed to be and they kind of sculpt the writing process around that. Is is that fair?
1: Uh, Yeah,
0: pretty much. I mean, like...
1: I'm not going to write a Pink Floyd song for Altered Dead. And I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to, uh, I don't know. There's just just certain, like you said, certain paths that I choose for specific projects. Yeah, 100%. It's important. Uh, it, it just brings more focus to the music, I think, when you've got that idea sort of nailed down.
0: I gotcha. Well, in terms of Alter Dead, so, I mean, I can, I, I have my own impression of, you know, what the project's about, but, I don't know, for you two guys, uh, in your words, what do you see as, like, the fundamental building blocks? of What makes an Alter Dead song? Or, uh, well, you know, what are the, the sort of invisible requirements you have for this music in particular? Well,
1: uh,
2: Julian, you want to start? Well, I think it's, like, based around our tempos and and mixed riffs, uh, essentially, like, really uh, kind of, at times, disharmonic. Uh, but, like, as as the drummer, like, it's based around, like, just a lot of the tempos that I know how to play. Because, like, I'm not anything particular with drums, like I'm pretty, as I put it, like a a meat and potatoes style, like I know how to do certain things. And uh, I can apply them, like rigidly, like I'm not a super dynamic drummer or anything like that. So I would say like, what I know how to do uh, on drums, like what I know how to do well, um, would be something that's uh, pretty particular to how we sound. And that goes hand in hand with what Mick writes as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, like the riffs, they just sort of, they got a flow, you know, they just got to make sense. And like uh, what Julian offers on the drums totally complements that style. Uh, Like going in from a fast D beat part and then bridging into a really slow doomed out autopsy style riff or what have you it's just sort of gotta roll forward always It can't just sort of like rely on like an A, B, A, C A sort of pattern it's gotta it's just gotta flow forward
2: you know try to uh, go ahead I think we like rarely go back to riffs like unless it's completely necessary. Well, you know, it never really is, but I know I I think that's a good way to go is just to only move forward with riffs and, like, not repeat anything. Even though we've done it before, like, I kind of like pushing forward with that kind of idea, not that it always happens.
1: And, like, trying to, like, make the riffs just interesting and, like, engaging for us is, like, super important like to to be playing this stuff and like just be like okay back to this riff it's just like yeah it's not very enjoyable like even if we do do that like which we do here and there but like you know we try to i try to change what i'm playing on guitar or maybe julian's changed the type of drum beat just to give it a bit more dynamic it just keeps the the ears busy and the hands busy so yeah
2: and sometimes sometimes i can't even play drums (laughs) to a particular riff of yours so like i remember like uh, on the last release one song like i remember for so long you're like oh yeah no it's like this you know and you could you could kind of put forth the idea of how like the drums could should really go about themselves but, like, I just couldn't fucking do it. So I was just like, all right, it's just going to be chokes in there, you know, because, like, I, I'm limited enough with what I do, like, uh, especially when playing live, too. Like, uh, that's the thing. When we play live, we both do oh, vocals. And, and, like, I'm basically fucking destroying myself up there, giving myself, like, absolutely, like, uh, something to pay attention to with health issues. Just like, holy shit, I'm just I'm just wrecked after playing. Sometimes I yeah. can't even. I, I have to take that into uh, into account. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> Sometimes you're just like I want to get through this fucking song. Sorry, that. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, no. Like, and and like I'm chasing you, but it works. But at the end, my hands just like you, you bastard. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and that that's the issue with uh, being a two piece, not having any bass really, uh, to just have that extra kind of noise to cover up us just being like holy fuck we're really struggling you know like i'm definitely <laughs> i'm definitely as i said not a very dynamic drummer i'm just uh i'm just uh powering through shit and then uh yeah <laughs> that's about that well yeah
1: i mean no, like, I
0: think you're, i, I think sorry, what you're ahead. talking about is yeah i think what you're talking about is cool though because like something we talked about on the show is um uh kind of bring it back to you guys because you guys were playing in a sense a sort of old school style of death metal and something we always talk about when it comes to old school thrash old school death or even old school black metal is um, it feels so much faster and so much more aggressive than a lot of modern bands who might be playing faster or more extremely just because back then it was guys who were okay at their instruments playing to the max of their ability, and nowadays it's guys who are incredibly good at their instruments playing at, like, 60%. You know what I mean? Right, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, another thing is, like, I'm not, like, the greatest guitar player, but I've been playing long enough to I like, can string some riffs together. But as you noticed, and I think you mentioned in the last uh, podcast about when you, with the record, is like, the, I'm not doing any lead work, right? I'm just writing riffs. And Julian's yeah, yeah. not, he's doing some good <laughs> fills, but, like, they're nothing like, like, insane like what you see in modern death metal they're just straightforward to the point.
2: oh i'm just try- i'm trying to hold my shit together basically you know? like, <laughs> to it's-
1: it. point is just to have fun right
2: yeah well and at least your your riffs are like dare i say half decent because like i don't know if, if we talk about people who are you know more virtuosically uh, inclined like they just fucking solo over whatever generic riff uh, that's thrown out there you know and it's pretty it's pretty boring if you really think about it And there's the technicality aspect of it but it's really nothing that uh you know isn't been doing like being done like a thousand times on youtube by whoever you know who just is into that kind of just uh going off like with just like solo aspects, you know. It's a it's a, it really comes down to riffs,
1: man. Like Yeah. It's where it starts, you know. Just
0: good riffs. Yeah. I don't know. I mean I, I firmly believe that because I'm like as a guitarist, uh, I'm completely a rhythm guitarist. I I I got into guitar because I liked writing riffs and I liked writing songs. I just I've been playing guitar for like half my life now and I still don't know how to solo i've never done anything like that in my Excellent. life i wouldn't even know Excellent.
1: how to start that, that's where that's what i say julian here is actually uh quite the shredder he can like rip out some insane solos and he showed me a couple scales like five years ago and i still can't play them <laughs> oh yeah well it's
2: all Not about conditioning cleanly, you know it, it's all about yeah. conditioning and having control of not just your solo hand, but of your picking hand as well. And uh, knowing what you want to get out of it too. Like, and it's also, yeah. yeah, it's just conditioning and starting small. And then, yeah, you know, some of those, some of those scales are like pretty basic, but you know, you can actually take them and, and turn them into something like infinitely longer as well. So yeah, it comes down I don't know. I've been playing for probably uh, going on 20 years now. So I don't know if I, if I, you know, didn't have anything really to show for it. Uh, I don't know. I'd be like, "What the fuck am I doing?" Unless I was right, I to, exe- like playing, exceptionally you're playing, you're good playing fucking. Playing
0: death Reyes. metal band, you don't have anything to show for
2: it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, no, well, no, no, not to other people, but to myself, which is generally uh, like yeah, yeah. What, what what music is for me. Like, you know, it, it's really cool to hear people say to us like, "Oh, I really like that show you guys played." Or, like, uh, I listen to your guys' release or whatever. But, like, what, what, for me personally, when it really comes down, down to it, it's, like, a selfish thing. It's where I'm, like, just I'm pushing myself to see what I can do to satisfy myself, you know. And, and every positive thing that comes from other people after that is a plus, you know. It's great, you know, but it's all just – and it's the same with, like, practicing personally like whatever practicing guitar you know and like making shit sound good to you you know there's something there's something to be said about that you know not just for other people necessarily
1: I like I don't know when I started playing guitar like I was pretty young and I learned by ear and like the way I started was like writing music for myself because it was the easiest thing that I could do right like and then later picked up other songs like just by ear like Couple of records from my youth, but like, I think that's like my favorite thing to tell people that are trying to like get into playing an instrument. It's just like, don't worry about other people's stuff. If you are learning stuff that makes sense to you and you're writing, like, it could be like three notes with one finger on one fret or whatever, like, that's where you start it and then you get the feel for it and, you know, sort of take that and brought it forward <laughs> with
0: how I play. So I don't oh, know notes. I really don't. <laughs> I mean, that's that's <laughs> cool because, I mean, that's literally how I started playing guitar as a kid. Like, I I learned like a couple Dark Throne riffs and then I just started writing my own shit. Like, my own, like, mm-hmm. bad black metal. And it's like I never really understood you know, I knew plenty of kids, you know in my high school or whatever who were way better at guitar than me, but none of them actually wrote anything. They just kind of just, I don't know. It was like, I, I guess there, it's a different way of approaching it. It's like the instrument is the hobby, but I really don't give a shit about playing guitar. I just want to write music and be able to play it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah. So, well, um... Oh, that sorry. leads back to just, like... That leads back to just, like, uh, soloing, like, over nothing. Like, really generic. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm sure there's tons of bands... Who, uh... Who can shred just over, like, I don't know, a, a basic uh, Iron Maiden rhythm guitar section, you know, where it's just, like, there's there's tons of bands like that everywhere, you know? So it's just, like, I it's, it's cool to look and try to do something different that is, like, is unique to your own, you know, as much as it can be, possibly, with, like, like an instrument that millions of people play.
0: Yeah, yeah, I feel like yeah. on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... One thing I was curious about, especially like going back to it being a two-piece and talking about the writing process, um, so you've talked about this like fluidity of how the songs progress. You're doing this like super linear songwriting, which on the show is something like we really appreciate. We've we've talked about how you know you gotta for metal to go forward, you gotta break out of just returning to the same thing, doing these sort of like rock songs. That, uh, yeah the kind of like cookie cutter
1: songs. song structures yeah, yeah. things that you've so, heard before
0: exactly so for you guys um in your writing process are you guys jammers or is it more no. of a like sitting down at home thing no <laughs>
1: like we, we can jam some stuff like don't get me wrong but like when it comes to like Getting a, a song done, no, we just sort of write write riffs and bounce them back off each other, and then we'll come into the jam room and just be like, "Yeah, hey, this is what I got," and, or "This is the drum pattern I like." Yeah, you know, I I, I think that like that.
2: Yeah, I I think they're both. Uh, I think they're both important. Like like we always just bring riffs to the table and we we have ideas, but like for me personally, with like. My history, like jamming is super important. like some of the best times I've ever played music were like I just had the craziest like electric spine sensation, and like you're just kind of like you're like not in control almost by what's happened like I, I used to play a couple noise bands and like they like some of the best times I play music, you're just you're just jamming, you're just playing nothing. And it's just like this. there's something to be said about that. Like it, it kind of puts things into perspective. It's like the idea of um, yeah jamming and then and then um, composing. You know, it's the same as being like uh, being wayward and like traveling and like not having one place, not being in one place, and then being established. You know, and like having a place. You know, where you can grow or whatever it's the same kind of thing they both have their place in a lot of ways we should jam more i think it's like it's fun you know
1: yeah i mean like i do do a lot of writing if there's like a rhythm there like like, for example like at home i'll like put in some drum tracks on like cult drums because that was a cheap cheap drum program but like as soon as i put these patterns into place i can just like riff for however long the the pattern is there or whatever. So good does come from just jamming uh, with people or, or mechanically or whatnot. So I think it is actually important. I think when I first started, I was in a lot of uh, jam bands, which to me was a lot of fun back then. But uh, I don't know, for me when there's no end to a jam, I'm like, oh, God, what am I doing? I don't know <laughs> where, where this is going. I get yeah. bored, I guess. <laughs> you
2: know, I don't know, man. Like, I remember times just having, like, I'm sure you have, too, and just have, like, fucking jams that are just, like, 45 minutes to an hour and a half, just straight fucking noise. Like, people are just building off of each other. There's something to be said about that, but then... There comes the composition side, which is completely different, which is like, yeah, both of them are there in a way. It just depends what you're playing as well. But I think with us, Mm -hmm. we're more just we're straight composition. But I don't know, I've just had such an effect uh, historically just from jamming and like, I don't know, being young and like, you know, like trying drugs and like playing music, you know, and like, and, and, and I'm I'm not even like that anymore, really. But like, I still look at it as something that was like formative in a way to see like just like insane possibilities. Like, yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah. It definitely had an effect on me, but yeah, composition is probably more important. I would say if you're, you know, wanting to put something solid out, you know, not just uh absolute insanity, like, um, like I don't know Stravinsky or something.
0: <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with Stravinsky, man. We talk about the rights of spring like every other episode on our show.
2: So. <laughs> oh, that's nice. it. It's funny. I was uh, I was I always listen uh, when I'm driving to uh, Seattle State or to, yeah somewhere it's like Bellingham or something like that, uh, Washington State like uh, classical. Uh, Station, and I'd be driving, and then all of a sudden, Firebird comes on, and I'm just like, "Oh shit," you know? And you just crank that shit. And it's like, <laughs> "Oh jeez," yeah. No, there's there's so much good stuff out there, really. Like, that's for sure.
0: something that struck us about the record and this kind of ties into the idea of like pushing forward and like chasing each other in tempos. Uh I'm not going to ask you the uh what are your influences question, but one thing that we've heard from you guys and correct me if I'm wrong, as well as a lot of other kind of old school style death metal bands now is a lot of the original wave of old school death metal bands were sounding like um like Stockholm death metal or they were just kind of going to the well of the early 90s. But to me, it feels like a lot of what you guys are drawing from is more from the 80s. Like, there is this, like, really insistent kind of punk, like, early hardcore punk energy to it. And, like, a lot of the riffing even is kind of on this weird blurred line between like death metal and old school speed metal. So would you say going back that far is is a thing for you guys personally, when it comes to the, the shit that you like for this band? I think, um, I mean,
2: we we both listen to that, right? Like, yeah, Yeah. I I would say like how much of an influence it has is, is something to think about. That's for sure.
1: I think, uh, I can't really like, say for sure i think like the what drew us to writing this particular band's music is like the lack of it in the town but also the influences that are around us here in victoria it's uh like this town's full of grindcore full of crust punk or was uh it is still not to the the degree that it was but there was definitely lots of uh Crust and grindcore sort of bands floating around here over the years that have uh, we've seen live and played live with and just the environment of it is the that sort of drove us to like into the more of a punk uh, aesthetic on top of the on top of the music that we like sort of grew up with right like there's tons of uh, bands from the Eighties and nineties that have like a similar sort of flow, I guess. But it's really more like the environment and like the influences of our friends around us. We don't really go very many places, so. Well, I don't. <laughs> Julian's a traveler.
2: Well, like, I, would you say that? No, like we both. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I don't know. We we both grew up like listening to, just punk. Like I don't know when I was like. You know, early adolescence, it was all about, like, Black Flag and, like, like early Misfits. And, uh yeah, oh, yeah, that was, like, that was minor really thread. fucking cool. And then when I f- started going to shows and I was, like, yeah, yeah, Minor Threat as well. Like, I remember, like, like, when I lived up island, there was, like, a Halloween show. And it was, like, Minor Threat cover band, Misfits cover band. Um... Black Flag cover band and uh, like a Dead Kennedys cover band, you know, and there was just like oh, it was just that shit. And then eventually, like, you know, hearing like just the standard like Rain and Blood or like an early Carcass album. Uh, yeah, and it, that's kind of how it started for me personally, like everything else came after in a way
1: and i think like in and around the time like in playing like a black and roll sort of uh, in a black and roll sort of black metal band at the time as well julian and i were doing that and you know and the members of that band were previously in punk bands as well so and like black metal bands but um yeah, it's just sort of the stuff that was around us at the time, and like uh, a really solid record that was on heavy rotation was like uh, um, Death Breath, Let It Stink, or Stinking Up the Night. Sorry, and like um, what was that one? Or Noir, Hades Rise, stuff like that, where it's got like that black that's, that's sort old. of edge. Go ahead.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those those are like biker albums almost. But, uh, (laughs) yeah. yeah, Like for me personally, like, oh, yeah. Like that one Or Noir album, like, holy shit. That's like balls to the wall, like ape hanger fucking bars, you know? Like, my (laughs) opinion. But, um, yeah. For me personally, like, like when I was way younger, yeah. Carcass kind of did it. I was kind of like, holy shit, you know? Like, yeah. And then from there, I kind of, just learned about other music and uh i still i still fucking uh throw on Rika putrefaction or symphonies or whatever like to this day it's still really fucking good it's good stuff
0: (laughs) so i mean how would you not compare yourself to because obviously we're in the I mean, not even the mids, it's been going on for like fucking 10 years now, this this new wave of old school death metal bands. Um, but it, the, the thing for me was, at least back when it started, uh, a lot of it was just super derivative. Um, whereas you guys do seem to come with like kind of a new energy to it. Um You know, a lot of the stuff back in the day felt like, okay, this is a band, oh, this is the band that's imitating Autopsy. Or this is the band that's imitating Entombed, something like that. It feels like just now, over the past few years, more of these sort of old school style death metal bands are trying to find their own sound. So I I guess, you know, more to the point, as far as this kind of, I don't want to call it retro death metal because that makes it sound fucking dumb. But uh, as far as newer, old-school bands, are there any guys in that wave that you guys are listening to a lot now? Or are you just really doing your own thing?
2: Yeah.
1: Like, there's some bands that we, like, definitely listen to, but it's not, like, heavy rotation, I don't think. Like, uh... Yeah, like... Necrot is a really solid band. they just got, like, that sort of sort of punk sort of element mixed in with like the unleashed sort of sound I hear that at least uh, Mortiferum is like doing some pretty rad stuff uh, I mean this. I don't know it's hard to say there's a lot of it out there and there's some really really good stuff but like I don't know I'm kind of older so and not really with it you know <laughs> 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 shit.
2: and then they changed what it was i mean it's so easy now like <laughs> oh it, it's a lot easier in, in ways like I don't know, for me like whenever i'm on youtube i'm just like on whatever like the gore grinder channel or like any like death metal like channel or whatever and so much shit pops up and like and yeah there, there's just a it's just a, a whole new breadth of stuff that's all just there. I I kind of like that. It, it, it's definitely a newer thing, right? But uh, yeah. uh, personally, for me, uh, I heard Minefield, who are from Germany, like total bolt thrower worship, and I really that format to me is quite is quite pleasing. So I'm like, oh, I really enjoy this, you know. So uh, I think
1: there's like another German band called Sculpture that I really liked as well. Was called, oh yeah, like, the- yeah, yeah, yeah sound. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think fucking Kill
0: Records put out like two of the albums, I think, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Julian, if you are into the uh, bolt thrower clone thing, uh, we covered a record last year uh, by a band called Just Before Dawn, uh, which is like straight like some of the most kind of perfected bolt thrower worship. Plus, it's oh, uh, it's from like the second guitarist from the original first amana marth record so it's got these like really weird melodeath qualities but not like what they would turn into later when they were still more of a death metal band uh yeah yeah, yeah, it's fucking awesome the golden hall type yeah yeah one cent that's the record he was on then he was in a few other bands and now this is his main thing just doing bolt thrower meets one cent from the golden hall and it's fucking sick
2: it was sick uh we, we were lucky enough to see them um they, the uh, when was it? Like, uh, yeah, they came into Vancouver like two thousand thirteen.
1: Actually, <laughs> really? oh, it's all
2: shriveled up. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I was using it as a scoop to pack my bong, but
2: <laughs> um, no, that, that that was like that. That was great to Nile. see because that's right before. Oh, you got them all there, actually. Holy shit!
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it was just the two I found them cleaning up. I don't have it. I don't know where no. it
2: went. It's fine. Oh, that yeah, that I was, was great to j- see. That and, and, and That was at the Rickshaw in Vancouver, and then like it was just before I think it was the drummer that passed away, and then yeah, then yeah. they went on. Ho- I actually I saw them the next day, um, and they looked like kind of hungover, and I just I'm like, all right, that's definitely Bolt for over there. I was like just in in Gastown and in downtown vancouver and i approached them i'm like thank you so much for fucking coming here you guys are sick and then they're just like hey thanks you know and it looked like they were going for breakfast or something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but uh that was a good time actually that show like i was just like i was just super fucking drunk and somehow ended up crowd surfing probably for like that was like the second, probably last time I'll ever crowd surf. But I was just holding the back <laughs> of my head the entire it. time because I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna get dropped and fucking like explode my skull on the like on the floor, you
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus
1: Jesus! No, that was a good time. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, fun like, memories. Yeah, almost like the green Jello experience.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, that that was fucked up, man. That was weird. Uh, yeah, green green jelly came here and like. Yeah, they played in Victoria and I don't know, they have all they those didn't massive even have a foam heads band that they, were in. That they were No,
1: like
2: they hiring. just put out like uh they they put out an <laughs> ad or whatever just for musicians to show up, so it's like you know, just random like alcoholic Victoria drunk punks from Victoria show up. And they just fucking just do what they do. But yeah, they have all those like giant foam heads on stage and like I remember just like there's like 20 people from the crowd on stage and like and me and Mark uh, from Six Brew were there just like drinking beers on stage. And there was like this fucking I forgot which head it was, but I had this giant foam head on and then I just there was just like a a swell of people and I just bailed off the stage and just like hit the ground and like I just looked up and I just felt the fucking warm trickle going down my head. So like, yeah, I just like biked my head open basically and like Oh it was ridiculous, yeah. And I went back and like just the same shit was happening, just piss tank people, you know. There's like a giant Elmo head guy running around. I was yeah. That was it yeah, you I think about it now and I'm like, holy shit, man. Anything could have happened, you know? Especially when you're like either falling off stage or crowd Three surfing, you know. Ruined. You could just fucking die. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh well, Jesus Christ! I mean, anyway, dude, fuck, fuck the interview. I, I can just listen to you guys talk about like fucking drunk Victoria show stories all night. <laughs> well, well, you know green, you know green jelly, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. They're yeah, like they're
1: a wild uh, party. As Kim Yeah, yeah,
2: they're ridiculous. <laughs> I actually found out. I actually found out about them on a like. I'm pretty sure it was a Super NES like Spider Man game. And when you fight a boss, a Green Jello song plays or whatever, and like what? that's how I first found out about them. And then when I checked them Man. out, I'm like, "Well, this shit is ridiculous," you know. But you know, they I'm exist. Sure that game so was uh, <laughs> Maximum
0: Carnage for the SNES. Oh, Maximum Maximum Carnage! I had that one. I had it for the Genesis though. Oh yeah. Oh okay. There are those horrible levels where it's just Spider-Man like climbing up the building, avoiding carnage and shit. It sucked. <laughs> Well, speaking
1: yeah, of video yeah. games, I actually got Wolverine Blues with the Wolverine game for the Sega Genesis back in the day. <laughs> and I was like, "Is that is that a, is a real weird. thing? That was
0: a that was an actual that was a real thing in." Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? I'm are you like, wait? So, are you telling me that Wolverine Blues, like that album, was supposed to be like related to Wolverine the whole time? I thought it was just a fucking cool name. No, let me just, uh,
1: Wolverine, I'm gonna Google this, but I'm pretty, I'm 99% sure I got it
2: with the uh, the Sega game. (laughs) What the fuck? They gotta have that in, like, MIDI format, that song. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Was it for Adamantium Rage? Anyways, it's gotta be here.
0: I'm I'm really curious about the the relation between Wolverine Blues and a a forgotten X Men game. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> they were all trash, anyways. Those games back in the day. Oh yeah, they were fucking. Yeah, because they
1: they had like the two album covers, right? They had like the corpse, and then they actually
0: had the comic book. As oh well. shit! Yeah, they did because like they did, yeah yeah they did this like limited version where it actually yeah. had fucking Wolverine on it. What a weird fucking thing to do! Only in ninety-three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that oh,
1: and they mini, got even mini discs that come with your <laughs>
0: 2.4. <laughs> oh man, that's yeah, that's, anyways, that's that's what a tangent. I, I I was not even a, Oh man, dude, the NES. That, no, you don't understand. That's not. That's what we live for on the show is learning about the fucking. <laughs> this is fucking Super NES Wolverine tie-in with uh with with wolverine blues by Entombed. okay which
1: is a sick record i don't care people can trash oh, the, it the all riffs on that, on that on that record
2: are great well they must oh, have no, really a... really liked wolverine to do that that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: i like i like a lot of uh <laughs> i like a lot of uh Entombs rock records like uh like, uh, Wolverine is really good, uh, Ride, Shoot, Straight, and Speak the Truth is really good, uh, Uprising through Inferno are all really good, no, yeah, those are good records.
1: Just, like, like the, the, uh, the tone on those records, too, like, specifically,
0: I think, just kick you in the head. Oh, that's actually a, a great segue, thank you for reminding me. Uh, something I wanted to talk about, you. actually, <laughs> about, about the, yeah, you got me, there, that's my boy. Um... <laughs> So, something that really we liked so much about this record was the idea that, uh, and uh, Mick, you and me, we were talking about eight strings a little bit, because you confirmed to us, uh, like I I guessed on the show, that it was an eight string that you're playing. And uh, something about playing old school death metal riffs on an eight string it's not ju- It's not a matter of like. It's the same thing, but lower. It like fundamentally changes the character of the music. Um, and something we really paid attention to was just the uh, the way the the tones work on this record because you know it's it's so low on the eighth string that some of these riffs become sort of like dissonant and shapeless, but in a cool way when you're just doing like fast tremolo riffing um but also the uh the production is outstanding because it's it's really it's clear it's kind of dry in a good way like old school death metal production and you you know there's not a ton of reverb or delay on things so it just feels like that that low F sharp is just like scooping into a void of nothingness it's fucking killer sounding so what what were the thoughts in terms of like the production process because i think this is honestly for what it is one of the best sounding records in death metal i've heard in a while
1: well yeah. that's uh Cody and Lowick would be stoked to hear that like Cody he's like not only just like an engineer he's a producer as well like he has really good ear um and then on top of the setup for the guitar, I mean, like I, this time, I've always like messed with sort of Marshall heads and just cranked the mids up and drop down the, drop down the, uh, the gain. But on on this record, I had a Laney A O R head, which I believe is the, I think it's the same amp that Sleep used on the first two records, and it's got like a push pull bass knob, which boosts the bass and it also has a push pull mid knob as well which is pretty awesome uh, I, I i'm a big fan of mids especially at that lower frequency range because it cuts like a knife um and then having two cabs this time a bead with an overdrive it, like cody threw some blankets over top of those cabs and then we sort of went back to his room and checked out the sounds. And he just was like, nah nah, he's meticulous. He was just sort of working on mic placements. And finally, we, we hit it. And I was like, yep, you know best. Let's go with that one. That one sounds great. Also, I was using a, a crank, Frankenstein amp that I had found, <laughs> um, which, you know, I found that for so cheap. And I was like, well, might as well use this, too. <laughs> and like a PD cab <laughs> and a Marshall cab, and like originally, I think I had like six distortion pedals all lined up, and I turned them all on. It's like, hey, Cody, what do you think of this? And I, like, cranked them all on. He's like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we only, to only went down with... gently. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we only went with an overdrive, and like the amps distortions really. Um, and
0: it was, oh, okay. Great. No, that's cause like, I, I, one of the things that's funny, cause I mentioned it on the show is like, oh, a, a, a weird sort of abstract old school death metal band played on eight string. Uh, you know, that's, that's not familiar to me at all. Cause I did something in a similar vein. Uh, that was one of my bigger bands that I've done. And that's interesting what you're saying about the tone because one, I really like just um, amp gain tones, especially you like do. if I'm just doing black metal, uh, you know, I, I run like a X, you know, throw it on ultra, you know, EQ it slightly, and then just let it rip with the amp gain. And yeah. Then, yeah, I mean, it was kind of the same thing when I was playing 8-string uh, for that band. I would throw like a, a modified TM2 in front of it, which was really just to make it a little noisier and grindier. And that was about it. You pretty much left it untouched from there.
1: Yeah, like I had the Ibanez tube screen, tube screamer, and like that pushed it through an ABY pedal. Uh, Yeah, I totally agree. Let the amp do its sound, really. And when you're blending two amps and two different cabs, it's pretty cool what you can get. Uh, I think my favorite was off the cassette, though. We had a 212 Old Crow cab. And uh, JCM-800, and that thing just pushed. It sounded really good, but that's just, uh, out of all those recordings, I don't know, it's, this is a toss-up between this one and uh, the cassette, which is a re first record, like LP, uh, the Cavernous Records put out for us. Like That is the cassette re-recorded uh, with five extra songs or whatever. And uh, I think the cassette actually sounded better than the full length. but.
0: <laughs> you know, sometimes it happens yeah, like that. I mean. Yeah,
1: it's just all trial and error. right? You just sort of like go into the studio with a rig and you're like, oh, yeah, let's try this out. And just once you get that sound, just got to run with it. No really going back.
0: Yeah, so you guys are pretty involved in the production process the whole way through for this stuff. Yeah, yeah, we... Uh... Yeah,
2: I, I would say, yeah. Yeah, we're always, like, um, whoever's recording in the room, like, there's Talkback Mike, um, mm-hmm. we go over it pretty thoroughly and kind of bounce ideas around, and um, yeah, yeah, and we're open to ideas, too, especially from Cody, because, yeah, he has a good ear. He's, like, yeah. I don't know, he, he speaks about recording science that I'm completely unaware about. Like, I just have partial... <laughs> tinnitus so i'm kind of like right on that's good i can hear that and uh (laughs) i completely understand like yeah but no we're 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 quite thorough with it and you know when you record it's like you sound the way you do on the day and uh you kind of have to work with it you know like
0: yeah i get that but yeah that that
2: frankenstein uh
0: yeah, yeah I don't really thing, have that an yeah. app anymore,
1: but. <laughs> oh really? Uh, I'd, spend, I'd buy that I got for a dollar. <laughs> <lady. laughs> mm-hmm, <yeah.
0: laughs>
1: Afraid not. It's sold now. Well, it's sold for more most... than a dollar. <laughs> oh,
0: <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> well, so now, uh, I mean, now that um, you know, Return to Life is out. It, it seems like, I mean, like I said, I had never heard of your first record. Uh, yeah to be fair i was kind of out of the loop in the scene at that time you know now I'm like oh Jesus Christ listen to all these new records every week it's like well oh. uh, <laughs> but do you think the, do you think
1: like... death metal fatigue is real
0: Cause, like oh, that's yeah, that like, people
1: have been asking us a lot uh in like we've recently been asked to do a couple of q and a's i guess and like people are like oh death metal and you see the trend going down and I'm just like Oh, you mean death metal fatigue? I, I mean, it could well, I, mean, happen. I,
0: uh, I don't know about death metal depends fatigue. It depends on how I
1: much you
0: mean, listen to it. It depends, because, like, you know, for instance, for me, when I'm doing the show, it's like, I'm, like, intensely listening to four records with the idea that I'm going to have to talk about them and have relevant shit to say about them, you know, for three mm-hmm. hours. So, uh, it's fun, but that's also kind of like work. And then I play in a couple metal bands also. So, definitely, yeah, in my in my free time, I'm still listening to metal, but there's a lot more non-metal stuff in there. Just to give me a breather, you know, so I don't get too exhausted of certain tones, you know what I mean? I agree with that statement. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I also listen to
1: a bunch of non-metal. Oh, a lot of the stuff at home I right? listen
2: to, like... It makes sense. Like, I don't know. I'm always like, you <laughs> to, to get back to video games. Like I'm always throwing on like certain like Skyrim compositions or whatever. I'm like, this is kind of <laughs> nice where it's not completely engaging, but it's kind of just in the background. You know, I, I enjoy a lot of stuff. Like that. I enjoy like a lot of classical like as well. Um But yeah, I, I still listen to like Extreme Metal every day. That's for sure. It's just yeah, I don't know. It, it it can either be a little bit or a little bit more than that, but there's other stuff going on as well.
0: Hmm. Well, you gotta I mix mean, it up. Yeah. Well, what I was what I was actually gonna say was it seems like, you know, it's so the original record was a pretty underground release. Obviously, this is still underground, but it seems like this record is like taken off, at least in a minor way. You know, I'm seeing a lot of people talk about this album, and it seems like response is pretty much universally excellent. So, I mean, how's that been for you guys? Like, kind of getting way more attention you know, all of a sudden. It truly is a lot yeah. more attention. It's kind of weird, but, uh,
1: you know. Just it's a, a bit surprising, it, I actually. Like Yeah.
2: I, I, <laughs> I just think about who we are, you know, and then I kind of just see like responses and like how many people have like listened to something or like bought something or whatever i'm just like oh shit oh yeah it's a bit out of left field you know it's good though you know it is a bit surprising though
1: <laughs> it, it's a bit surprising like just like a couple of the people that have approached us already that have just like out of nowhere and I, it's sort of like like the thing that's happened to us from sort of day one is like random people have found us and then who put out a, a CD and a vinyl right after our cassette like we didn't even have like social media for like many years in the in this band and then i believe our cassette found its way like because i think we gave uh, our friends in anna uh some cassettes when they were on tour in europe and uh i think they like got rid of some and somehow cavernous records ended up with our cassette and at that time it was like a little bit later and he uh he found us through our band camp which had, like, two songs on it or something. and like So, like, it started small that way, where he found us and asked to work with us. And, and then, like, fast forward five years later, I guess he'd been plugging the record for five years. And, like, like <laughs> you know, Raul at Memento Mori was doing trades with him. And he was like, I like this band. We're going to see whether they'll work with us. And, you know, he did, like, a really good rollout, too. Like, like he just kept on getting promo codes out to whoever uh in different countries and next thing you know like it's like well here's another review here's another review it's like that's very surprised like wasn't actually expecting that right but you know it's yeah apparently there's
2: a lot of um yeah apparently there's a lot of like enthusiastic people out there you know so i don't uh, it, it's just strange because like it's real. us and we're just kind of like we both got other shit going on and like we're just two yeah dudes. oh and people come just up to us with like a, <laughs> a certain energy and it's like holy shit like uh, i didn't realize but the strangest thing was uh uh a buddy of mine from sweden uh, uh his friend got a hold of one of our cds and this is like like two hundred kilometers south of like the Arctic Circle or something like that and it was just kind of like how the hell did how how did it get there you know like it was just kind of and 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 yeah' so I'm like me knowing the person you know, and it's just kind of like oh that's kind of that's kind of neat, you know like there's a lot of things I'm unaware of, I guess.